Amen, amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thanks of God, ladies and gentlemen. Amen, amen. Our brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. Amen. We welcome all of you this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God 6 a.m. prayer call this morning. This is uh, September the 10th. Amen. 2020. And uh, Pastor Sharon and I again just want to greet all of you this morning. Thank you for thinking it not Robert. We say that a lot, but we really do mean it that you thought it not Robbie not to get up and come on this call this morning because we would have missed a great opportunity this morning to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph as so many of you have already done this morning. So you're warmed up, you're fired up, which is good. This is what it's about being ignited more than just being excited. You know, something ignited in you, something exploded in you. That's that dudamus power. That's that gift of God that's in you. And you just couldn't contain it because it's there for us to be able to praise and worship God in spirit and in truth. And uh, th th what I'm getting ready to tell you right now is probably going to blow something else up in you. But uh, probably about 3 a.m. this morning, I, I couldn't really get sound asleep. And so my heart was heavy, but it wasn't heavy with worry. It was heavy with right in the midst of all the things we should be worrying about. I could find myself encouraging myself thinking about what God is to me, what he is to all of us and what he's doing for us and what he's already done and what he said he's going to do. And I was thinking about all of you. I was calling your individual names out, your families. I was just praying for you. Wasn't anything very boisterous or verbose or, or just it was just a calm time where I could talk to God at 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, laying there on my back with so much joy and looking at all that was going on in the news cycle and all this craziness going on right now and all these reports and investigations coming out. And there I was finding myself in the midst of all of that, but I couldn't think about that, even though I knew about that. All I could think about was how good God is. And right in the midst of that, you know, I began to talk intimately to God about each and every one of you. And I'm here to tell you all this morning, I got one universal response from God concerning all of you. And we've been talking about, you know, universal punishment and universal love and everything that's going on affects and how it affects people universally. And I think sometimes people, uh, uh, they internalize it and make it just about them. Like they're the only person in the world that something is happening to and dealing with something. And sometimes we spend so much time trying to defend who we are in Christ. Amen. And, and I just I just you know, I just got caught right there in that moment where I could talk to God and hear clearly because there was nothing else, uh, you know, that was distracting me at that time because I had got into what they call that zone. I was in that spiritual zone with God and I was specifically talking to him about each and every one of you calling your name to him just quietly, you know, just speaking to him about you and, and, and just letting him know as a pastor, as pastors, how much we appreciate God, the saints that get on in the morning and get on on Wednesday night and get on on Thursday night and come back on Sunday and worship with us. And let me tell you what I heard God say for each and every one of you that's on this line. He would have me this morning by the spirit to say, and I need y'all to get this this morning. It's nothing, you know, I'm not trying to tell you getting no new house, no new car. I don't know what's wrapped up in that package God was talking to me about for you. But this is what I heard him say so clearly. He said, you tell my people in the morning that show up on that line that I have a blessing waiting for them. And it's got their name on it. Now, he didn't tell me specifically what that blessing was, but he told me to tell you this morning, all of you, that he has a blessing wrapped up that's waiting for you and it's got your name on it. 
And I'm telling you, that's why I came on here this morning just so excited to get to this point and, 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 and to be able to tell you this and impart this to you. And this goes out for anybody that's on this line this morning, anybody that's chiming in on Cashbox Live, anyone that's chiming on, anyone that's a sponsor, anyone that's associated, connected to us in any kind of way, the Lord will have me to declare this morning that God has got a blessing for you, wrapped up for you, personalized for you, and it's got your name on it. I don't know what your level of need is this morning. I don't know what you've been expecting this morning. I don't know what kind of door you got enough faith to believe God to open. I don't know what kind of faith you got to believe God to close a door. Maybe I, I don't know what it is specifically. I just know you know what it is that you need God to do. And he said, tell you that I have a blessing waiting for you. It's wrapped up for you and it's got your name on it. No one else can benefit from it. No one else will be able to receive it like you're going to receive it. And so I just want to impart that and declare that to you this morning. You need to grab you a dose of expectation. Come on somebody and, and, and receive it now by faith receive don't come on don't let it go over you don't let it this might not be the way you want it you might want more details but i'm leaving that up to god how he's going to present it to you how he's going to deliver it to you I, I just need you this morning just this just come on in faith and say god i receive that blessing that you got wrapped up that's got my name on it he didn't tell me it was going to be financial he didn't tell me what it how it was he just said tell the people of god that show up in the morning that i have got a blessing waiting for them it's wrapped up personally from them from God Almighty and he said my God I will deliver it to you says God because it's got your name on it my God it's got your name on it and nobody else will be able to receive what God has for you so I just wanted to say that to you this morning it's off of me now and it's on you and so if you don't receive that you may be sitting there right now talking about I need more details I need more specific just go to God and say God I receive whatever because listen to me y'all God knows what's best for us he knows what the need is my God even before before we ask, he's already determined. He already knows, but he's just needing the people to be confident in him and to rely on him and to hope in him and to trust him. When you come to him, just start believing that, God, you know what's best for me. I don't always know what's best for me. I don't always choose what's best for me, but I'm so glad that I have a trusting relationship with you that I can count on you, God, to meet every need that I have, God. And so this morning, I just need to take a second and get you to that place this morning where you can just receive. See what God is saying to you this morning. It's so important because we want to hear the testimonies when you come back and say, Pastor, God did what he said he was going to do because he's faithful who promised. He's not a man that he should lie to us. He came through for me. He opened the door for me. And since you won't praise him ahead of time, he got to do something in your life just to get a praise up out of your belly this morning. And so God don't mind doing what he does. He's God. If he he wants a praise, he wants glory, he wants honor. And if he got to open the door to get the saints of God to praise him, God would do it. He's unlimited. He's, he, he's unstoppable. He answers to nobody. He can bless whoever he wants to bless. He can do whatever he wants to do. And so my job this morning was to deliver to you what thus says the Lord this morning. So I've done my job. It's up to you now to receive it. Amen. Just receive it. Just tell him, Lord, I receive. I receive my blessing. It's wrapped with me that's got my name on it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you go forward with expectation because it's bound to happen. Somebody ought to say it's bound to happen because God said it. Because God said it. Amen. He said it. He said it. He said it. You know, you're going to know it. 
if you'll receive it by faith. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's get into this word this morning. Ah, oh, man, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a praise coming on up in here. I'm feeling a praise coming on up in here. Oh, my God. We thank the Lord this morning. He's so good to us. He wants so much, man, for us to love him and to appreciate him and to depend on him and to be confident in him and to trust him above everything. He wants us to trust him. He wants us, my God, to understand, amen, not just who we are, man, but he wants us to understand, man, what kind of people we are, what our capabilities are in Christ Jesus. They're, they're unlimited because he's unlimited, meaning we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's just sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of this vicious cycle we living in, it becomes very strenuous and difficult to make our case because we're dealing with so much in this evil day, so much in this perilous time, so much in this wicked age and, and world order right now. But that's okay. God is still in control. And we're going to talk about a little bit this, this this morning because we got to be able to make our case even now when it seems like everything is stacked against us. We still got to make that case for Christ. We still got to make that that case, man, for God. He's dependent on us. That's why he said, look, I, I, I know what your need is. I'll take care of your need. You just make sure you take care what I need you to take care of. And we got to be able to make this case. We got to fight this fight, this good fight of faith. And we can't fight it, man, from a defeated position because we can do all things through Christ. Amen. So we fight from that position of victory that he's already transferred us to out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And so we're seated with him in heavenly places this morning. I hope you're hearing me this morning. And so I want to talk to you this morning briefly with the little time I have left this morning before I get you off to your, to your job. Uh, let's pray this morning. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Now, Holy Ghost, we ask you for a word of wisdom this morning. You've already enlightened us this morning. You've already encouraged us this morning. And we're receiving it by faith this morning. So we thank you that even now, God, we receive the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom this morning, Lord God, that they will encourage us to be able to make our case in this dark and desolate age and world that we're living in, where we're dealing with these evil days, we're dealing with, Lord God, so much, my God, turmoil out there right now, so much corruption, so much darkness all around us. But we thank you this morning, we praise you this morning, Lord God, that in the midst of all this unrighteousness, we still got to make our case for Christ. So we love you, we thank you, we appreciate you this morning, Holy Ghost. Now have your way, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So we want to go back, as I had told you the other day, we still want to finish up in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we stopped off at verse number 8, and we're going to pick up on verse number 9. And we're going to try to get all the way down and finish this. And if we don't, that's okay, we'll come back uh, tonight and finish it up, amen. Or, or whenever we come back, we'll finish it up. But it's just, I want to just spend some time talking about this because we're in the process of making a case for Christ in the midst of all that's going on. Our business is to make a case for him. Everybody else is trying to make a case for who they're going to vote for, who's going to be president, who's going to win, and lying, and, and, you know, doing all of this stuff, man. But in the midst of all of it, God is expecting us to shine like a city on a hill that cannot be hid, that we let our light so shine that men will see our good works, and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. But we got to be able to make our case. Amen. And so as Paul, as I looked at Paul writing this letter, he was actually writing this letter. He was in Ephesus, but he wrote this letter to the church in Corinth because they had some major problems making their case in the midst of a place that had so much going on, just like we see going on in our country today. 
Corinth had a lot going on, y'all. They had wealthy people. They had poor people. They had a conglomerate of a very diverse group of people coming through there, man. And there was all kinds of wicked stuff, unrighteous stuff, uh, you know, going on just like we have right now. I believe they had a pandemic during that time, a spiritual pandemic. But Paul is writing this letter to help the believers, to help the saints there to make their case for Christ in the midst of that toxic environment. And so I, I find I find as I read this, uh, we're in basically the same situation because we represent the church right now, even though we're not in that physical building called church. So people can't gather there, but we still got to make the case. We can't use that as an, as an excuse and shut down our voice, shut down our ability to get the word out because there's still people out there that's fighting this unrighteousness, fighting in this vicious cycle. And a lot of them are looking to their leaders, not only the political leaders, but some some of them are looking to their spiritual leaders with a message of hope that can help us to be able to make our case in the midst of all of this. And it's so important. So we need to be able to take a look at what Paul was writing to them and pull some things out that will help us. If nothing else can enlighten us and we'll be able to see clearly, you know, the bigger picture. Amen. Which is very important. So I want to talk this morning from a from a subject. Uh, I just wrote down what the Lord told me dealing with the critical issues such as, and I'll use this as an example, the COVID-19 is one of the major issues right now because that's what's killing people the most. 191,000 right now over, and they're saying by the, by the end of the month, it may be 200,000 uh, people dead from this thing. Amen. That's not to include the 6 million, 600, uh, 601 million that are infected right now. And so it's, it's, it's spreading and it's getting worse. And so we want to be able to deal with that criti these critical issues because there are more, such as COVID-19, and then making the case against the unrighteousness that I believe causing a lot of it, the evil days that we're living in and need to be redeemed, and these wicked characters running our nation and the world right now. And so that, that's, the, that's the topic we're going to deal with today because that's what Paul and then was dealing with that's what I believe the Lord wants us to be able to deal with, to be able to make our case. And so the word that jumped out at me was character. And as we can see, it's very difficult to be able to deal with unrighteousness and deal with all these other things if your character is not right. Because we know what having a flawed character can do. It produces a certain type of character. And we have some characters right now who have a character problem, even in the church. Because they're not really stepping up, I believe, right now. The church, I, I believe, this is me as a pastor talking, put my pastor hat on for a minute. I believe that as the church go in a community, so go the community. But if the church, man, is full of characters who got some problems, who got some issues and can't make a case for Christ in the midst of these type of pandemics and these type of things, man, then God help that community. God help that city. Amen. It's not a lack of churches that we have in the earth right now. We got enough churches that if each individual family, man, were to sign up, they could probably have their own individual churches. So it's not a matter of how many churches we have. It's just that these churches, man, have, are being ran, I believe, by some characters that don't have the right character. They might have a zeal. They might have charisma. They might even have a philosophy or a word in their mouth, you know, but it's not about the word. It's about the position you in. Does the word you have in your mouth, does it, uh, you know, back up the position that you're in? I'm not talking about just 
hide behind the title, but or the or, or their changes being made in the atmosphere where you live in that, or their changes being made in the lives of the people. You know, is a, it, it, are, are you giving the people enough substance, enough food to be able to help them to get through this type of issue that we're dealing with? It takes it takes character. Amen. It takes the characters to have the right kind of character. Amen. So it, so so God will be pleased with our character. Amen. As we're as we're serving him, as we're honoring him. And so there have to be uh, some characters with the right character. And I call them character because that's what Paul was dealing with here. Characters and their character is what was on display here. Paul was letting them know, man, that this type of character, these type of characteristics should not be in the church because it's hurting people. And so I believe right now, man, instead of helping people, I'm, I'm, I'm taking responsibility. That's why I'm on here at 6 a.m., 545 in the morning, because I'm taking responsibility for the type of character that I want to be. I want to be a character that's got the right Christ-like qualities and characteristics in me only that he can put in there. Amen. 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 And trying to line everything up with him and what he say, man, so that I don't be in me and I don't be out there trying to be my character, me character, they character or whatever kind of character the people want me to be telling them what they want to hear. And so you got a lot of that going on right now. And so when you start talking about character, this word goes back a long, long ways you know, and 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 what this word character here talks about is being sharpened or being cut or being engraved. You know, in other words, you know, there's got to be a distinctive quality about us that separates us. Now, guess what? You can have characters that are separated to that other guy called Satan, and he'll have his marks and his influence and his engravings on people. Just like we say, you know, we're the chosen generation. So what are our markings? What are our engravings? What is it about us that distinguishes us? What are those qualities that stand out? Amen. That tells people who we are even before we ever open our mouth and say that I'm a Christian. It's got to be something there that can be an identifying mark on us that talks about us before we ever open our mouth and talk about us. Amen. And so the Greek word for character is a word called ethos. Amen. And th that word has to do with uh, describing uh, a, a guiding belief or an ideal uh, that characterizes a community, a nation, or an ideology. And there's a lot of debate out there right now about the American ideology. All that is is a belief system. Now, we say we were founded as a Christian nation, but what are the distinguishing characteristics in Mark that says that right now? I'm, I'm kind of like indictment and alt like Christ have on us because of the kind of characters that we have voted in or we have elected and selected to run our country, to run our communities, to run our nations. And it's hurting and harming the people, you know. And so it all has to do with, with that character, you know, you know, that influence, that emotion, the, uh, that behavior, you know, our morals, our ethics, you know, our standards of living. You know, right now we got some characters, man, that I, I do not believe have attributes and characteristics of Christ. I don't believe they have the right mark. I don't believe the signs are there. I don't believe the symbols are there. I don't I just don't believe it is there. You know, I don't believe they have the qualities. I don't believe the groups that are in charge right now know what they're doing. I don't believe that they're difference makers. I, I just don't believe that. You know, I don't believe that they have the distinguishing features or characteristics uh, of Christ Jesus. But they're trying to run a, a, a people. They're trying to lead a people. And without Christ-like character, you cannot do it. I just don't see it this morning. So let's make our case this morning against the unrighteous and evil and wicked characters of these uh, that have been set apart 
uh, by Christ Jesus. That's us, you know, uh, make our case for the lost, make our case for the backsliders, make our case for the prodigals, the mature, the immature, the atheists that are out there, the 4,200 others, bands that are out there this morning, gay, straight, anyone else, you know, who will take the time to listen to the gospel message this morning. Amen. And this is what I love about Paul when he wrote the letter. Paul addressed what the issue was. He addressed who he was writing it to. And he was writing it primarily to the church, laying all the responsibility on them. And I always think about what God told Jeremiah, what the uh, prophet said he received from God in the spirit over in the book of, of uh, Jeremiah chapter 5, verse number 1. And it was Jeremiah seeking God. And he said, the Lord said unto him, you know, go through the city, Jeremiah, and find me one believer. And if you can find me one believer, basically, I will spare this city. And I believe that that's the same thing that the Lord is looking for right now. And, and I believe that we are a part of that chosen generation. I believe that we bear the marks. We bear the distinctive qualities, uh, you know, that, but we, we just got to be able to, to relate that to, you know, making the case right now in this climate. This is a rough climate right now. And so really, I believe God is depending on us and others like us you know, to present ourselves as characters for God and not characters for the world, not characters for our own selves, but for others. Amen. But we're not seeing a lot of that right now on the political horizon. So it's imperative that we build ourselves up, that we teach ourselves, you know, that we encourage each other. We sharpen ourselves. Amen. Which is what that word means, sharpen. You know, the Bible said iron sharpens iron. In other words, we want our characteristics, man, to be a reflection of Christ-likeness. Amen. <coughs> more than anything that can do more for people that are in darkness is for us to portray those or uh, reflect those Christ-like characteristics and attributes, which should automatically be there. And the Lord told Jeremiah, if you can just find me one person that bear these marks, that, that have these characteristics, that have this type of ideology, uh, ideology mean, what do you think about Christ? What is your belief system based on? If you can find me one person, Jeremiah, I'll save the city. And God is still looking for that now. And look at how many of us that came on this line this morning that got caught up, man. That means that you bear these marks. That means that, you know, you have these attributes and characteristics because you know how to respond to God. You, how you respond to God in the midst of this crisis is what, is what counts, is what matters. You know, not how bad you feel about it, but how glad you get about it because it's an opportune time for God to show forth, you know, what he can do. And as we show forth his praises, he show forth his strength and his power in the midst of it. You know, weeping does and do it for a night, but joy comes in the morning because God promised it to us over in the book of Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. Amen. And so let's make our case this morning. We want to look at verse 9 in the first book of Corinthians, first uh, book of Corinthians, uh, uh, you know, chapter 6. Let's look at verse 9 and go from there. And it says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That blessed me right there. I can stop worrying about them. They are, unless they change, they are not going to get what God has got waiting for you. We know what they're going to get. They're going to get that 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 universal punishment that that that, you know, that. That, that punishment that God had already promised for them. That's what they're going to get. You know, he said they will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're not going to inherit what you're working for right now. So you can, you can just, you know, fret not thyself because of evildoers, for they will soon be cut off. I know this to be true by the scripture. If you read Psalms uh, 30, 37, the book of Psalms chapter 37 over there, it tells you that. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, for they shall soon be cut off. And I love it when he say they will wither like grass. You look at what's taking place right now. 
Man, there's so much stuff coming out right now. And it's like this thing is just withering up right now because God is just exposing all of it. He is really draining that swamp. If you look at it and, and, and be realistic about it, you know. And so he's letting us see right there that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. He said, be not deceived. I love this. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So you, you don't have to worry about all this issue right now where people are freaking out about same-sex marriage and gays and straights. You know, we want their soul to be saved. But if they don't have the right character when God decides to move because they have done nothing to try to straighten out or work or get that identity thing restored, man, it's on them. It ain't on us. So don't come to me, man, talking about I'm a xenophobic and I'm, I have a phobia and all that. No, I just know what the scripture says. And I want to see these souls saved. I want to see your character lining up with the, with, with the marks of Christ. And that's not it. You've left the natural use of your body. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not mad at you. I'm just simply saying that, you know, you, 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 you in life where you at because of choices you make. And it's not bearing the characteristics of God. It, he calls it an abomination. I didn't. I'm just, I'm just believing what he said about it. It's a man leaving the natural use of his body, going after that inordinate thing called flesh, the women doing the same thing. God said that. He said, and you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you can do whatever you want to do with that, but I got to tell you that as a preacher, they help you. They help you. Don't be telling me you were born that way. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I can't confirm that with documentation. You can't either. You might want to say that to justify your sin, but you will not inherit the kingdom of God if you stay there because you chose to be there. He said, I've called heaven and earth today to witness against you. He didn't say he called me to witness against you. He said, I called heaven and earth to witness against you, that I have set before you life and death, and I choose ye life. And that's not the life he chose for you. That's not the life that bears the marks of his characteristics, his attributes. We were quit in the image and likeness of Christ. You know, not flesh, not the inordinate affection of the, of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. And he goes on to say here, you know, uh, abusers of themselves with mankind. Verse 10, he says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. It just goes on and on and on. Now, you got some of our friends up there, man, talking, you know, attacking folks and saying that, you know, we who are on the left or we who are Democrats or we who are, you know, are Christians and not evangelicals. I just heard a certain pastor say this and state this. You know, another one wrote a letter to the president and said, we all going to die and go to hell if we don't support the current administration and blah, 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 blah. And I asked for documentation. Now, this is my documentation here that God gave me. So I'm going to base everything and outcomes that are determined. I'm going to make my case right here. I'm going to make my case just like the Apostle Paul made his case. This is sufficient for me. This is good enough for me. Because, see, I got to line up with this, too, just like you have to line up with it. God don't have no respect to person. He has the same universal message for everybody out there that's got an ear to hear it. You know, and he's looking for people who will bear these marks, who will reflect it, who will make this case in the midst of all that is going on around us right now. That's what God is banking on. That's what he's counting on. You know, and we don't have to condemn nobody to do it because the Bible said that they don't believe what God is saying right here. They're already condemned. He wants you to know the truth and the truth make you free. This is your way out right here. This is your way out of what's what, what, what right now that's, that's, that's counterproductive, that goes against what God said. And this is the same way to make it to get yourself into what God has promised you. 
You know, this will bring you out, but this will also bring you in. It'll bring you into a new life because with this, if you believe this, old things can be passed away and behold, all things can become new. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You know, he is born again. You know, old things are passed away. But see, it's, it's up to you. You never better reflect the Christ-like attributes and characteristics unless you're willing to come out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that's what he's calling us out of. And he's also calling us into a marvelous light. And he goes on to say here, man, they will not inherit the kingdom. Verse 11, he says, and such were some of you. This is why we can feel so strongly about this and identify with this, because we can look back over our life, man, and we can understand that without any condemnation. Thank God we're not there anymore. Thank God we don't live that life anymore. Thank God we don't talk. We don't think we don't do the things that we used to do. But we remember the struggle. We know what a struggle it can be. This is why we who have come out of that darkness have to make the case in the midst of what's going on right now. You know, we have to make the case against these issues of unrighteousness, these issues of the evil days we're living in. No, we have to make that case. God is depending on us. You got lost people still out there. You got backsliders out there. You got prodigal sons and daughters out there. You got mature people out there that are not even aware of what we're talking about right now. Immature people. You got atheists out there that don't even believe God is real and He exists. You got 4,200 other dans out there right now that struggle with the deity of Christ, struggle with this, this, with these attributes and these characteristics right here. Because if they, if they, if they believe this, it will expose their sin and they don't want to be exposed but how can you not be free if you can't be exposed well don't expose yourself to people just expose yourself to God you know because God loves you he'll help you just go to him in private and just ask him God I want to get out of this but I need your help to get out of this because I can't do it on my own and I guarantee you if he will increase in your life if you let him you would decrease in your life if you let him you know that's just that's just the way it is he want, he's there to do that you know but you can't inherit the kingdom of God. So look at what you're forfeiting, man, if you stay in the type of character that you're in right now. You know, all this above stuff that we just mentioned. If you're in one of those categories, if you marked by that, if you can identify with that, if you're struggling with that. We just went down the list. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, you know, all the way down the list. You know, men, men abusing themselves with other men and women with women. You know, it just lays it out. If you in those categories right there, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You, you, you have the wrong characteristics. He goes on there and says, such were some of us, but ye are washed. <laughs> I love it, man. But ye are sanctified by the word of God, by the truth. But ye are justified. He, he says, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not your own name, not what you can do, not your own reputation. And he goes on to say, not being right in your own mind, but he says, and by the spirit of God. Amen. That's capital spirit. You know, that's the Emmanuel. That's God with us right now. You know, he ain't coming into no dirty temple. But if you if you repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said you shall receive the Holy Ghost. So you got some preliminary steps that you got to take before you receive him. We want you to receive him. God wants you to receive him. He is the promise of the father. He's the spirit of truth that can come in. Amen. And live on the inside, seal us, heal us, fill us, and help us to continue to walk in the victory. And he'll teach us all things so that we don't forget. And he'll show us things to come. And then he'll go another step and bring everything that Jesus has taught prior to back to your remembrance. 
Now, that's the benefit of the Holy Ghost. That's the benefit of having the third person of God here body living on the inside of you. And I love what he says in the first book of John, chapter four, verse four about him. He says, and greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Man, you just, I'm telling you, that means that there's no possibility of all them demons coming back seven times worse than when before they left. Yeah, sweep the house clean, but you got to put something else up in there, some new furniture, man. And I'm telling you something. Man, the Holy Ghost is the top of the line. If you fill yourself up with him, room to room, every compartment of your life, can you imagine that any attack that comes from the north, the south, the east, and the west, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, it cannot penetrate. It'll come near, but the Bible said it will not harm you. It can't enter in because you've been bought with the price. There's a big sign when, those, those, when, those, when the enemy comes in. He sees it said private property. You cannot hunt here. You can't fish here. You can't even live here. You, you, you better get off this property right now because you, you've been washed in the blood of Jesus. You know. And so this is, this is what's at stake right here. He said the spirit of God. And then he goes on in verse 12 and he says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be bought under the power of any of them. I love Paul's case here, man. He's making this case in the midst of all of this. Paul said, yeah, I could become a part of this because I once did. It would be easy for me to just go back to doing what I was doing. But Paul said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not lawful for me anymore. I gave that right up. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus now. I'm a born again. I'm, I'm Holy Ghost filled. You know, I met Jesus on the road to Damascus, changed everything. When I came from, from Ananias' house and I regained my sight, he gave me some food to eat. I regained my strength. I was a new man when I stepped off and went to the same place I had been before with a, in a different character, being a different character, persecuting saints for Caesar. But now I was trying to help them to know the truth and be free like I was free. And that's why I'm writing this letter to you. Paul said, this is why I'm telling you this now. You've got to be able to make that case in the midst of all this unrighteousness, this evil day that was on them, all this stuff was going on. Some of, look at all these things that Paul addressed about the character of those who were in charge at the time of the church. And no doubt, you've got to understand now, you had the leaders in the church Paul is addressing so that they could address the people in the church. So it wasn't just the leaders. Paul is pointing these things out because the leaders were not making the case before the people. They were letting the people continue to do these things. I started wondering why was Paul making such a strong case about all this unrighteousness, all this evil that was going on in the church. Paul said because the leaders were looking the other way because some of them was participating. Look at all the things that Paul is addressing now in the midst of all of this. This is the same stuff going on today. And we want to know why the power of God don't show up in the building. We want to know why we got to fake people getting up out of wheelchairs and being healed. We got to be able to offer people money to come out there and act like they just got healed, man. It's a snow job. It's deceiving the people. We do all this antics and all this performing, trying to be more than what we are. But if you get your life cleaned up, if you get that God-like character in there, if you deal with these type of things and get them out of your life, the power of God will show up in these places. The miracles will come back to the body of Christ where they were supposed to be. God will make things like they're supposed to be. But we got to get these hearts pure. We got to get these hands clean before God. And I'm speaking to clergy out there just like I'm speaking to myself. And none of us, man, are, are, are there yet, but we're on our way. We're better than what we were. God is still working on us. As we say, we're still a work in progress. I'm not ashamed of that. You know, one thing I do know, I'm not what I used to be. I ain't all that I'm going to be, but I'm sure now that I'm not what I used to be. 
There is some God-like characteristics and attributes. I'm praying that God will put more in there. I'm praying that I'll be more refined. I'll pray that he continue to work on me as a part and I'm the clay that he will fashion and mold and shape me so that he can use me to do what I'm doing right now, more of it. And I'm praying the same thing for everybody on the sound of my voice right now. You know, we are who God is banking and counting on to make the case for righteousness, to make the case for peace, to make the case for love, to make the case for mercy, to make the case for grace. You know, he said the peacemakers are my call my children. You know, and he says, I've given you the key to the kingdom. I've given you dominion. I've, you know, I made you a citizen of the kingdom. I took you out of the kingdom of darkness. I left all those attributes back there in that kingdom. You can't bring any of those weights or any of those sins over here and think you're going to function in the characteristics of Christ. It's not going to happen. I hope you hear me out there, clergy. Come on out of darkness and come on into his marvelous light. You know, show forth the praise of him that have called you out. Don't go back in. You know, let's have some godlike character, you know, so we can have some godlike results. It ain't about your zeal, you know, because zeal is not a meal. You know, and, and it's good when you can eat the meal and talk about how good it tastes to somebody who haven't eaten it. Peter tasted it. That's why I said, Peter, hmm, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church against hell should not prevail against it. Peter tasted it. J David tasted it. And he said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Jeremiah tasted it. Over in the book of Jeremiah. Come on. Psalms 34 and 8, David tasted it. Over in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 16, Jeremiah said, hey, thy words were found. I did eat them, and they have become a joy and rejoicing to my heart and to my soul. And we found that word, too. And this word is good, man. It tastes real good. One thing I know about it, it helps develop and shape the character of Christ in each believer. And that's what we want, you know. Paul said, all things were lawful. He said, but look here, there are some things were lawful that I still couldn't do. Come on, y'all. There's a law right now that says that we got to respect gay marriage. But Paul said, I'm still, there's some things that are lawful I'm still not going to do. I respect the person, the soul, but I'm not going to respect the conduct of the lifestyle. It's my right. And Paul said, just because it's lawful, you better check it out and make sure, man, it passes the, the characteristics of Christ test. Mm. Let's go a little further here. You know, verse, um, you know, he says, uh, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And I love the, how he ends that. He said, but God shall destroy both it and them. He says, now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Wow, powerful. Verse 14, he says, And God have both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. You don't need no, no, no permission from nobody like Paul got from Caesar. All we need to do, man, is make sure God approve of our character. Make sure God approve of us as characters working for him. So you got to have the right character in order to be a character that Christ uses that he works through. It just doesn't have an automatic. There's got to be some changes made, you know, and we know what those changes are. We know the weights that we're dragging around. We know the relationship that we still trying to maintain that we shouldn't. Because <clears throat> somebody only know where that came from. But we know we know these things. It could be a relationship with with the world. It could be a relationship still. Uh, you know, you're part of another a group of people, you know, that that don't believe the way you believe it. It could be a relationship with one of the things that we taught early on was you got to have a relationship with everybody in your life. 
the saved, your enemies, the world, your job. You, you got to be able to know how to maintain in these relationships. That's what making the case, man, in the midst of all this unrighteousness, this uncertainty, these pandemics, this political climate that's, that's, that's crazy right now, this evil day that we're living in. You got to still have a relationship with all of this that's coming at us sometimes from every direction. I got to be able to know how I'm going to relate to it. Well, one of the things I can tell you, like Paul, Paul said, hey, I have a new character now. And so, therefore, I am a new creation. I'm a new character. I'm not the same Paul. My name been changed, you know, yes. from Saul to Paul now. You know, I'm a man of God now. I'm a woman of God now. Come on, saints. You know, you walk in the newness of life. Verse 15, he says, Know ye not that your bodies are, not, are, are members of Christ? And shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a har an harlot? <laughs> wow. God forbid. God forbid. Verse 16, he says what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is, own, is, is one body? In other words, what he's saying, he says harlot here because God divorced Israel because of that reason. Because they went after other gods. That word harlot, that's what he's alluding to here. It's going after someone else more than you do God. It's like a relation, a love relationship with a harlot. Or it's like a relationship, man, where you're selling out to, 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 to you're prostituting the gospel. You're prostituting the, the relationship with the, with the church. You know, you're treating it like that. You're trying to buy your way. And you're trying to buy something that's not going to do you any good in the long run. You know, that, that's, the, that's the symbology. Here. That's the understanding here. You know, and remember, the Lord called Israel a harlot because they went after other gods. And he divorced them, you know. And he said, God forbid that you do that, you know. 16, he says, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the soul tie. That's how you get, uh, you know, locked into it. He said, for two, saith he, shall be one flesh. That's what the Lord is saying. You don't have enough power to break away. You don't have enough. The best thing to do is not enter into it. And the best thing to do if you're in it, to ask God to deliver you out of it. He will. He'll break that tie. He's the only one that can. He goes on to say in 17, you know, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. I love that. One spirit, one body, one faith, you know, one body, many members, knitly, fitly, rightly joined together by the Holy Spirit, you know, that all of us supply to the body what we can supply where we're at, that the body may edify itself in love until we all come into the unity of the faith. All of us are into the unity of the faith of what we're preaching. One, one message. Not changing the message, maybe many delivery systems, but only one message. You know, right now we have the virtual, we have the virtual pulpit right now. Many, many methods, but only one message. Our message didn't change because we came out of the church. The message is the same, but we're using a different method now. So all them preachers out there that are having a problem because they don't back in the building, man, find you a technical person that can hook you up and still get the message out. People are depending on it. He goes on there in verse 18. He said, flee fornication, flee fornication, flee fornication. Any of those things, man, that cause you to sin against God or sin against your own body. He said, because every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. And we know what fornication is. This is talking about sexual perversion, sexual impurity, all these things that we do outside of the body. But they are against the body. Can't do anything you want to do with your body. Then he goes on to say, because it don't belong to us. Verse 19, he says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Now you say, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Bear that in mind. Now we're talking about making our case for the, 
righteousness in the midst of all this unrighteousness, all this pandemic that's going on, all these things that come to sidetrack us and get us off focus, that we can't continue to make our case in the midst of all this unrighteousness, this evil day we're living in, all of these list of things that Paul just talked about. Don't get distracted. You got to still make your case as a, as a child of God, as a temple of the Holy Ghost. He goes on to say, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. That's important. Last verse, verse 20. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. All of that belongs to God. Everything in us, everything about us, all of it belongs to God to bring glory, honor, and praise to him. And my last closing verse is this. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitudes have dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoices shall descend into it. Mm, mm, mm. Don't rejoice over that stuff, man. Let's rejoice over what we have in Christ. And he says, and eyes of the lofty shall be humbled, but the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Every time we do righteous acts in the midst of unrighteousness, God is glorified. God is glorified. And if we do unrighteousness who are righteous in the midst of and along with uh, uh, with the unrighteous, then Satan is glorified. It's just that simple. But we make our case in the midst of all this unrighteousness that we're dealing with right now. We see it, you know. We 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 have to deal with this critical issues and such as COVID nineteen and all this other stuff that's going on as we prepare for this election that's coming up, you know. And then we have to make our case against unrighteousness, these evil days these wicked characters that are running our nation and our world, and I hate to say it, in our churches. And so we're going to end right there. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we're able today to make our case in the midst of all of this. We make our case in our families. We make our case, Lord God, with our children as parents, our grandchildren as grandparents. We make our case in the schools. We make our cases with our bosses. We make our cases within the, the, the church. We make our cases, Lord God, as clergy. We make our cases as voters, oh God. We make our cases as Republicans and Democrats and independents. We make our case in every situation, in every generation, God, no matter, God. We make our case in the midst of all these, these, these lists of, of, of horrible things that Paul laid out, fornication, adultery, all of these things, God. You know, we make our case for righteousness in the midst of all this unrighteousness, all of these evil days that need to be redeemed. We make our case, Lord God, against all of this, against the, the, the wicked characters that are running our churches right now, running our nation right now, running our world right now. What are the distinguishing marks and characteristics that resemble you, Christ, that shine through in the midst of all this darkness? Father, let us be about that. Let us be about equipping and preparing ourselves that that we may shine our light in this dark and desolate world as a city that sit on the hill that cannot be hid, that men will see those characteristics, that men will see those reflections, and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. Father, let us be streetlights in every dark city. Let us be that one person that you sent Jeremiah to find, that if you find that one righteous person that's willing to make that case, Lord, where they're at, Lord God, 
that, Father, you would spare the city. We thank you this morning, and we praise you this morning. As Paul made the case, as he pointed out, as he wrote the letters, he called them out. It was not to condemn them, but it was to help them and save them from being condemned. And so, Father, let our efforts today be not to condemn, but, Lord, to be able to shine some light to help people to see God against the, the word of God. Let that be the standard that we go by, that we live by. And when that is, that is revealed to us, that truth, let it make us free as you intended. And then we'll be free indeed. And so, Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory this morning. We pray, God, that you don't divorce us as you divorced Israel. But we pray for those who are on the sound of my voice this morning. God, all those categories of people that we've already addressed, the lost, the backslidden, the prodigal sons and daughters, the mature, the immature, the gays, the straights, Lord God, the 4,200 that's out there right now, God, that's searching for the truth. And the many, many others that are out there right now that don't know what to do in the midst of all of this unrighteousness that we're living in. All of these evil days, these perilous times that are upon us right now, God, and, and, and falling at the hand of those, uh, those wicked characters that are running our country and our nation and our churches right now. And so, Father, we just pray for your divine intervention this morning. Let this word go forth. Let it minister right now. Let it free right now. Let it fall on, 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 on good ground today. Let it never return, boy. Use it for your glory. And so, Father, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor right now for godly character being in all of us who believe is our prayer this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, then. Well, I be finished. All right. Hopefully you got something out of the word this morning. Amen, Pastor Sheriff.